Hey everyone, you're listening to Dirt Grow Podcast with your host, David Burma. Thanks for coming out, Chad. This is Dirt Grow Podcast, and we're excited to bring out number one, podcast number one, Chad. And uh, Chad is our crop consultant, works for us uh, here and there, and helps us to grow the best crops possible. Uh, Chad, we want to talk about canola uh, today, and we want to talk about the profitability of canola and why why you think it's a product that that should be a product for us for the future for for growing in our fields here in, in southwestern ontario so chad um what i want to start with i want to kind of get out at the beginning is profitability wise i want to start with that so 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 listeners can have an idea profitability wise on canola what what is uh you know we talk about their larger farmer out here yeah what what's been their average uh, yield in the last you know more than you two three years? How long have you been doing it for Chad? They uh, what's well, good? So three crops we've had yeah. you know but you know, <clears throat> winter canola it's winter canola just so everybody knows yeah. right it's not spring canola so it's it's winter canola. Um, what would they do at West Chad? Spring, 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 and right. and and until. Uh, an insect, Swede midge, came in. Ontario grew a lot of spring canola in, nor- in northern jurisdictions as well. Yep. Um, there's still a small acreage of spring canola in Ontario, but um, it's it's very limited. So, so they plan on a frost, or what are they doing out there? Uh, no, but so it's but so canola is a is a short season crop. That's why it's grown in the prairies. Um, in Ontario. It was, it was back in the day, the spring canola, it was a big attraction for, to, as, a, as your setup crop to plant wheat, right? So, if we, and because in more, like we, yeah. our optimal planting date is October the 10th, right? Yeah. Um, but in more Northern areas, you want to, you have to be planting in September to have good winter survival. So right. that's what kind of, and like winter canola is not new, in Ontario either we grew winter canola 15 15 years ago and there was a good chunk of growers guys like Ted Dielstra Harry Lawson um Bob Anderchow um like in Canton Lambton right that, well dad did it for a couple a couple of years yeah, yeah one yeah, year two years yeah so back back 15 years ago when we were growing it the uh or I guess it's longer than that now, maybe 20 years ago. Um, our, our biggest challenge was winter survival. Right. And the problem with winter canola is there's so much setup planning, yep. herbicide selection, really, um, that it, you really want to depend on it in rotation. And it became, back then, you couldn't depend on it in rotation. Um, what we're seeing with you know the um, the variety, and it's hybrid canola that we plant. It's conventional breeding. It's not it's not genetically modified, but it is a hybrid uh, seed. So you have to buy the seed every year. But the uh, we had a variety back twenty years ago. It was called Kronos, and it 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 just it it struggled with winter survival. Uh, CNM seeds are the ones that are di- that do distribute the these. Um, hybrids that they brought in this one called mercedes that's what we've been playing with for the last few years and it it has done it has shown it have really good winter survival compared to 20 years ago right right so going back to the crime rigs what would their average been the last few years chad in yield so i would say we're probably light but like a ton and a half they'll be higher uh, but we had some exceptional yields this year. Um, so, so, so you, like previous year, this year, what what was their average? Like last year, what would it have been? It would have been one and a half ton. One and a half ton. Yeah. And this yeah. year they had a waivers from one and a half to two and a half. So like one point three or four, I think. Like okay. To to two point four. Yeah. To two point four. Un, 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 unbelievable yield. Yeah. And and previous to that, the year before, would have been around one point five again. Yep. 10? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we. We've been learning as we've gone. Have gone. We've, you know, we've really found planting date to be the most important thing for winter survival. Yep. And 
um, in those first couple of years, we, we had, we had a fair bit of winter kill. We lost a lot of acres, but the acres that survived did really well. And, and then we just, we've been moving our planting date ahead. Now this year with the wet, the wet season, the wet summer we had, we were planting mostly, um, around the, right around our crop insurance deadline which is the 20th of september right right so i done the math that's 55 bushel yes be it for if you do a comparison to to oh for soybeans soybeans? yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh bushels wise bushels why yeah 60 pounds of bushel or something like that close to that there's uh i always get it mixed up there's it's either 44 pounds to the bushel and there's 50 bushels or 50 bushels in a ton i think it's 50 pounds and there's yeah it's 50 pounds To the bushel and there's 44 okay. bushels in a ton got it now so so previous to this year they got around 850 i was just talking to you prior to the going on was that 1200 bucks a ton was was the price prior coming into harvest time yeah it yeah. dropped down a lot of these people would sold it for 850 and some people sold it for as low as 700 bucks yeah what would have been last year's number chad last year we were, i think we were uh Last year, oof. we saw those spikes in prices, but we, again, we, we were at harvest uh, price. I think we were about 850 to 900 last year. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we've had, we've had, you know, the, the last two years have been exceptional because of the, the drought conditions in the prairies. And that's where canola price is really set because that's where the production is, right? Yeah. Um, so prices have gone, have skyrocketed because of the drought. And, uh, so, you know, all right. So going back to, to the fact that you're saying that buck 50, a ten and a half to the acre, you said that, uh, this year we're right around 800, 850, somewhere in there. Yeah. Prior, prior, do you you remember that? What it was? Ah, so like three years ago. Or even no. over last year. Well, so like this this last year, I th- I would say I would say this year you probably could maybe average say an average pr- selling price off the combine at eight hundred a ton. Yeah. Last this season before maybe eight fifty. Eight fifty. So around yeah. that eight hundred be a pretty safe number. I time. you know I would you know if I was looking at growing it and doing a budget, I'd probably aim for a yield of one and a half ton. Yep. And use seven hundred dollars. Um, I'm always a little conservative, but right. If, right. Yeah. I'm pretty confident we can grow a ton and a half year in, year out. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, um, at that price would be, would be more my, you know. Sure. So, so if I do use the 12, uh, 800, at a ton and a half, we're at 1200, yep. right? Chad? Yeah. Yeah. So if we're take a corn crop right now, Chad, um, we're talking seven bucks a bushel, right? Uh, I think it's more like six. Is it like more like six? Yeah, yeah it probably is actually. Yeah. Uh, and and six. Even at even beans. at even at two hundred for easy math, two hundred yeah. bushels, you're at twelve hundred bucks also. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we're at twelve hundred bucks for canola as well as corn right now. That's not yeah. that's not a good price for corn, Chad. No. no. So then you take uh, we grow IP beans. So I mean, a lot of farmers will be uh, Roundup Reddies. Well, we typically grow for easy math. You could figure like twenty to twenty-two dollars a bushel for fifty fifty bushel on our IPs. Um, for other farmers, would be more like fifty-five bushel. Wouldn't it be Chad for at, at sixteen bucks? Yeah, pretties. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I think. We're right about sixteen today. Yeah. So sixteen on fifty-five is fair, Chad. Yeah. So that's eight eighty, right? So yeah. if eight eighty. You have twelve hundred. You have twelve hundred beans are eight eighty, and then you have uh, what was the other one? We have wheat, Chad. We grow wheat, so typical. No, you don't yield. want to do wheat. I know. I know we don't <laughs> want to do it, but just to have an idea, because what yep. we're trying to do, Chad, here in farming is there's very little ways of, of increasing revenue, right? I mean, of all the years you had in farming, Chad, like there was never anything like you know done amazing for for increasing revenues, and I think it's important to check what all crops are doing to see because we we keep wheat in rotation because yeah. of the health of the soil. Yeah. So not yeah. everything's about increasing revenue, but it's yeah. important to know what's what we're dealing with. Well, right? keep in mind, like there's it's pretty, it's pretty. We've especially in Ontario, we have two, two or three different rotational studies that show the benefits of wheat in rotation, right? So, right. And if you 
if you account, if you do a true enterprise analysis and account for the yield increases mm-hmm. from wheat in your corn and soybeans, yeah. wheat's still a, a viable crop in, in rotation. Right. The thing with wheat as well is you need to grow wheat to grow winter canola because you need winter right. wheat as your setup crop. 100%, you're right. You can't, you can't follow soybeans or corn with with canola right right so it's for the farmers well you're you're actually working with farmers chad that 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 basically have beans and wheat yep in rotation and they don't have anything else they don't have corn no and i was going to say when you look at where where a lot of interest for the people i work for uh you know 55 bushel soybeans is probably not a real it's more like 45 to 50 right right but it those those are farms that are in that alternation of beans and wheat right and what winter canola really offers them is that third crop so so chad going on from 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 where we're at with the pricing so we we're at 1200 bucks for for a gross for corn yeah. gross price right yeah. we're at uh 1200 for canola that's at 800 bucks a ton for okay. a ton and a half just for easy math for yeah. easy math um and we're gonna be Seven or eight bucks for wheat right now, Chad. You know, I haven't even looked the price of wheat lately. Usually, it's a buck or two more than corn. It should be, but I don't know. I don't know if it's much better than fifty cents. Like, yeah, but but let's let's just do it at. Uh, we could do it at, you know, seven bucks times by yeah. ninety. Yeah, um, six thirty. Six thirty. So you're six thirty for for wheat. Yeah. For wheat. And and we're saying we're talking about your 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 growers, right? So your growers. They are a lot of grows are beans and, and wheat, right? And so putting canola in the rotation is going to help out in the sense of adding some uh, some some value. Right? Yeah, and it, even even the even the farms that have corn in rotation, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be best to be twenty five percent. You know, like on the, uh, there's only a small handful full operate under a true corn soybean wheat rotation. Right. Most are. Well, if they have corn, it's corn, beans, beans, wheat. Yeah. Right? So. Yes. <clears throat> so, so, Chad, um, we're looking at, like I said, 1200 bucks. But the question is I have on these three crops, can beans and, and wheat have similar costs, correct? Uh, so, wheat, like we, like total costs or like you break it out, like so be- soybeans, like yeah. for you with yeah. with no no not ours just like Roundup Ready with Roundup so you're buying the, you know yeah. you, you have yeah. you have high seed costs with that but you got low well we used to have low right. chemical costs until right. you know now we're using much more conventional chemistry in that system but right. you know your seed is your biggest cost in in uh, soybean production would you you be three hundred three fifty now Chad well you know you pretty much can say it's a hundred dollars an acre to plant corn or beans yeah. Probably a little higher today. Yeah. You know that depends on your soil type and your your seeding rate and different things. But we would be a hundred bucks pretty a, easy. And pretty you have, a, you have fifty bucks on on herbicides pretty easy. You can have fifty bucks on 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 combining pretty easily. Yeah. Right. And so you're two hundred. You're two fifty. You're gonna be. We always were around two seventy five, but I'm sure it's three hundred dollars with inflation easily. Yeah. Yeah. So without you correct on soybeans, you're pretty safe to say around three hundred bucks. Well, it depends on the, the chemical. We're probably a little high, right? So you're probably well. You still got to fly it. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. So true. Okay. So two spray passes. Is, uh, so so call that fifteen dollars each. So that's yeah. thirty, and then uh, we'll have two shots of glyphosate. So it's down eight. So forty-five. And then another fourteen. No, we'd be sixty dollars. Yeah, sixty dollars. Yeah. Sixty dollars well, plus. Well, for a long time, Chad, we were at two seventy five for soybeans yeah. when I used yeah. to check in, and we'd grow IPs, but we offset yeah. our cost for seed for herbicides and yeah. so forth. Yeah. So, Chad, what I also found in the past was that wheat was there wasn't much difference in price for input costs on wheat versus soybeans. I mean, you had more fertilizer costs, but your yeah. seed costs were your lower. Your seed costs are low because you retain the seed. That's right. Yeah. Also, herbicide costs. Herbicides are very, right? very so, inexpensive. So doing 300 bucks on there is pretty simple. We could probably do something close to that. Canola, Chad, what 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 more are you going to spend on canola than you would on, let's say, wheat? Because we're going to use a similar amount of fertilizer. Yeah. Right? yeah. Similar amount of herbicide expenses. So the it's, it's a, so we're a little... So it's, so 
seed cost wise, we're similar yeah. to a Roundup Ready system in soybeans. We're, you're probably not $100 an acre. Your seeding costs are going to be around 80 to $90 an acre for seed uh-huh. uh, for canola. And then um, the, uh, the it's a higher nitrogen use than, than wheat. Than wheat. Yeah. So we're so, doing 120 pounds right now, Chad. Yeah. So right. this we're, year we had a really strong canola crop coming yeah. out of winter. We, we planted, we had beautiful t- planting conditions last yeah. year. We had a strong crop in front of us, and we were as high as 165 pounds of nitrogen. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, now, that the thing with canola, too, though, you have to keep in mind, uh, because it's a, two reasons. So it's a summer it's a summer seeded crop after wheat, so you have that nice little window to apply manure, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pellets, yep. biosolids, compost, because canola really responds well to those organic amendments. Why is that, Jeff? Well, probably the biggest one is sulfur. Sulfur, yeah. Yeah. Uh, alfalfa and canola were the first two crops in Ontario that were discovered to be sulfur deficient. Right. Um, and they, it's about twice the demand for sulfur in canola as it is in wheat. Right. So, it and... Again, because it's a big nitrogen user, it that that, that organic amendments kind of. So, if you're if you've got access to manure or or, or whatever, right? It they it, it it works well because you can apply it in the summer before planting, and uh, but you can cut your nitrogen rate back from that one sixty five if you're using those organic amendments, right? Right. A little bit, right? right. The other the other thing you have to keep in mind with these winter crops is they're not quite as efficient in using that organic nitrogen as as corn is because corn's demand is in June or July. Or July, but yeah. you know the soil that those organic sources are coming are being released, That's right? right? Yeah. Where our winter crops they they break their dormancy and then they, 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 you know, they start looking for that nitrogen demand in May. Right. Our soils are still a little too cold to get yeah. our full benefit, right? Yes. There's yes, still yes. still benefit, but not, not... Not the same quantity. Not the same yes. quantity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Chad, let's break this down. So, again, we're... Oh, so... We're 300 nitrous. bucks for, for beans, 300 bucks for wheat. Yeah. What's the additional expense that you're going to find in canola that you didn't find in wheat? So, you're, you're going to be another... Uh, say let's say 30 pounds of nitrogen per acre over yeah. wheat um, and your seeds are a little more expensive yeah you're well you're, you're you got that 90 dollars in seed yeah but it's gonna be some too right is it is it is it is it an extra 40 dollars above wheat chad in seed or so seven dollars for a bushel of wheat right yeah. a buck and a half to clean it two and a half dollars to treat it yeah Four eleven. You know, we're planting. We're yeah. We're thirty. Yeah. You're thirty to thirty-five dollars in seed cost, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. And here you're. Yeah. So it's another fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Yeah. An easy fifty dollars more for seed. And you could be uh, six. Four, let's say sixty cents for nitrogen. Yeah. 60 so cents. they call another twenty bucks for. Yeah. For uh, fertilizer. So seventy bucks additional. Yeah, because the herbicide. So with with canola, your biggest weed challenge is volunteer wheat. So yep. we do spray it for volunteer wheat, usually in the fall. Um, the uh, This year we sprayed, we did a lot of burn downs because we were so wet. We had a lot of growth of volunteer wheat. Right. N- normally when it, you know, that's the drier time of the year. We don't, we don't get that flush of volunteer wheat till we till up the seedbed to plant. And then the wheat comes up with the canola. So normally we're spraying a product like Assure, one of those generics. Right. to uh, take out the volunteer wheat and it, but it's cheap right it, it, it your herbicide cost will be less than wheat but marginally less so so we're at 300 dollars approximate cost of soybeans Jen. yeah yeah so that left us with a with a net of 580 yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting chat because very few farmers actually do this you know that uh, no i you know i think everybody's got a general tone of their of their budget that's why general. everybody complains there's no money in wheat <laughs> sure yeah so three thirty in wheat, yeah. Five eighty in corn, three thirty in wheat. Corn. Uh, we'll do corn in a moment. Here we're sitting at uh, twelve hundred minus three seventy. We can just say 
800 freezing yeah. math. Yeah, there, so there is a fungicide application, but we assume that we're putting the fungicide on the wheat too. Right. So it's kind of a wash. Yeah. And corn, I was at 450. We we're probably close to 500 bucks on expenses yeah. on corn. Yeah. Easy. We won't go through it. Yeah. You know, it depends where you're at too, right? If you're, you know, if you got your own farm dryer, you're sure. You're drying yeah. is a huge cost. Huge cost. Corn. Huge cost. You might be 500, you might be 550. Yeah. Uh, on that. Yeah. So you're at uh, seven seven hundred bucks. Yeah. At five hundred dollars worth of cost. So so yeah. again, soybeans you're at five eighty. Wheat we're at three thirty net. Uh, corn at seven seven hundred and and canola eight hundred. Yeah. It, I know everybody who's growing winter canola every year for the last three years, right? Yeah. It's been their number one profit enterprise. Interesting. Yeah, and you know every every year they double. Their acres, their acres, right? They they get more comfortable with it, and they keep growing. Um, right, and I've, I've been trying to push, you know, yeah, to start using it. I start pushing to yeah. start using. It. They don't like change. No, right? that's no. the biggest issue. They don't want change There's, because it changes the whole process. Changes the whole process. It does put it. It puts a little more pressure in the summer, right? You yeah. Got, so we haven't talked with the chat. So we're harvesting wheat. July 15, right? Yep. We're harvesting wheat July 15. So oh, we want to get in there right away, disc gripping, right, Chad? Yep. Yep. And, and if we put down, like this year was terrible. A lot of people didn't get their pellets done. Yep. And a lot of stuff, right? They yep. didn't get groundwork to lay nope. all you, know, stuff. you drive around, there's hardly any cover crops planted. That's right. Right. That's right. Yep. So, and if you put, and if you had put straw, you had to put in windrows, oh, and you, and you yep. if you had to put into bales, yep. it would have delayed it that much further. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, what's there's a deadline, right, with the uh, crop insurance? Crop insurance is September the twentieth. But again, what we found, like we, part of our success from this past season was our early planting last summer. Yep. And we started planting August twenty third last year. August twenty third. Yeah. And did you find a considerable difference in in in, in yep. health in this? In the, so in the... even so, we started August twenty third. I think we finished up. Some fields finished up the uh, first week of September. We still would be considered early. Those fields that were the first week of September were the 1.4, 1.5. Wow. Yeah. And the, the so other you can't ones. be in that field fast enough, Chad. No. No, we like we were last year, we were planning. We, we said we'll plan as early as the 20th of mm -hmm. August. Mm -hmm. The seed came in on the 23rd in the morning and it was in the ground in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. So, so, Chad, the problem with the way you descript the soil, you left these big clumps on top. No. What do you? What do you? What's the solution? Like you don't have enough time to go wait for the rains and to yeah. land level and all that kind of stuff. What's the? What's the solution? So I, I think you know it's. I mean, they're not terrible big yeah, clumps. Like it'll, yeah, it'll so, break down, but they're so, clumps. So. You know, some people want to. We, we there are people trying to look at. Uh, and I think the other thing you have to keep in mind is when we when we're talking about winter canola, we're talking about winter canola on high clay content soils. Yes, right? We're yes, not talking yes. about any loamy type of. There's no right. there's no loam to what we yes. talk about, right? That's just miserable clay soil. Right. And we would like to do less tillage in between wheat and canola to uh, prepare it. You still have to do some form of tillage because canola is it, slugs just love canola really? so, so no-till canola we've seen it i've seen it several times even back when we did it that 15 20 years ago it didn't work there was uh, one guy that tried to no-till canola two years ago and it was like they took out two-thirds of the field oh. so you have to do some tillage um and so there's the the question is what form of tillage right let's let's back up a little bit because yep this is where I think a lot of misunderstandings happening is all in the tillage part. And, and so when we're in loamy soils in, in Ontario, typically those farmers are growing beans and corn. They're not doing a lot of wheat. That's right. Right. So, so we're typically not talking to those farmers. If you were talking to them, those farmers, you're, are you suggesting like a high speed disc type thing, Chad, and, and, and land level or, or cultivate or what are you, what are you suggesting there for somebody that's on so loamy just, soils? You want to, you, you really want to have, uh, bare soil. You want to have. You don't want to have too much 
so, uh, residue on the So whatever surface. you do to clean up the, 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 yeah. the soil. It, so this, I think a disking and a cultivation would, yeah. would probably be just fine. Right. Yeah. So, so in, in our cases of our soils, where they're heavy, heavy clay soils, we're going to be disripping. Is that correct, yeah. Chad? Yeah. Or something, something fairly aggressive to get the profile of soil lifted. Is well, that so, correct? So, or so it, is, other... it is nice to have, so for the clay, if, you, if we do a little more aggressive tillage, deeper tillage, the, the, the root will establish more, and that will help us with, with heaving, right? It's, yeah. Heaving is the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that you have to keep in mind when we plant when we plant canola you, you ha- on the clay right you plant it like you're going to fail because we've had so much experience with with winter loss that you want to be able to plant into that uh, into that field uh, like a stale seedbed the next spring so right. um, you so could, why are you, you suggesting that is that you're saying plant it like you fail so that if the canola does not take, that's right. You're going. What, what do you plant next year, Chad? Corn or beans. Corn or beans. Yeah, corn or right. beans. Yep. yep. And and are we? I mean, we do this on our soils, and I don't know if that's correct or not. But the question I really have is, are we the heavy clay going in with a disc gripper, lifting the soil to create a kind of false? I call it false experience. But but we found in our heavy clay soils. Now some people have done strip till or something yep. else. No. But we found in our heavy clay soils that it's just the soil is too bound to no-till corn into or anything like that yeah. to create enough room for the roots to to grow and 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 have yeah. our, space. Our, ours, you know, and it's 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 crop dependent too, right? So, but so our my question so, is: is that ours, the reason why you're doing it? And you doing it for the same reason for canola? That's my question. So we're. We're doing we're doing aggressive tillage in front of canola to get as much root established in the fall. Right. Um, do we need to do if we weren't so prone to heaving? Right. So that's that fr- the freeze thaw right. cycle, and at, because of our our clay stays so wet through that freeze thaw cycle, they're yes. very prone for heaving. Okay. Right? That's and you know even when with our wheat. Mm-hmm. Heaving is more of an issue than 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 uh, that's our main f- form of winter kill in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to get that root established as much so that it, it, it's anchored right. for the restaw. What, does that so mean it's going to yield get, more? Get the, the root down there in the fall. In the fall. Yeah, in the fall. Yeah. In the fall okay. yeah. Um, if we could, you know, on, on nicer soils. Probably like we talked, the disking and the cultivation. It's going that root's going to explore a lot more easier. But our right. our our clay soils are just more responsive to tillage than those. Right? Got it. So, so you're going in, Chad, uh, as soon as you can. End of July, you're you're going on the disk chasing the combine. Like chasing, chasing the combine. combine. You really got time. You're wasting. Your t- you really got time to take those bales off. You don't got time for that kind of stuff. You shouldn't be messing around. You, you otherwise, you know, again, unless that com- unless that baler is in the field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hoping and waiting a week from later to get it done. You don't have that buffer of time to wait for a week, do you, Chad? So, ideally, you would you would chop the straw back. Right in a in a in a canola rotation in my mind, but yeah. you got to re- recognize that it's a good you know it that that income for maybe we need you know when we do the math maybe we need that straw income to justify growing wheat and we can't plant winter canola unless we plant wheat right sure um, you could be a livestock farmer and it's got all this great manure that you right. want to apply but you. You need that, you know. You, you got cows of some kind, sure. dairy, beef. Not to forget so you need that the, bedding. Right? Not forget LaSalle Agri pellets have uh, in LaSalle, th- th- three yeah. times the organic matter <laughs> straw. Chad, so maybe you want to put that down, yeah. right? So, so, but it, yeah. but to the point is, yeah. there's there's no dilly daddle, right? Right. You uh, so the other problem, the other problem with straw is because of these, because of all our rotary combines now, we do not spread the chaff like we used to. So you end up with these ribbons of uh, concentration the, of, 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 of chaff the, of chaff right yeah. so that and you know now instead of you know 20 foot header it's a 35 foot header right. so you've got a lot of a lot of volunteer wheat coming up true in that windrow yeah and it's terribly competitive with uh oh true with, with the canola. canola yeah yeah never so, saw that 
So now you have issues where you might get the weed out eventually, but now you have these dead strips or yep. lighter strips of canola. Yeah, yeah. Is canola that sensitive, Chad? It's pretty sensitive, eh? So the, uh, the I can ages? tell you. So I can tell you that when so canola has been there's been a group down in Essex now for probably closer to it'll be over five years anyways i don't know if it's 10 but they've been growing winter canola and i was reading about it and i said oh they'll learn that stuff just won't make it through the winter they're they're, they're not doing it and then i i went to a presentation by megan moran our our serial or our canola specialist for the for our for the province and she talked about the there was guys in Essex or farmers in Essex, I should say, farmers in Essex that were double planting a field using their corn planter. So they had 30 inch rows, right? So they were double planting the field to get 15s. Is canola planted on 15, Jack? Yeah, so, so you can plant canola on, you can drill it on solid seeded at seven or seven and a half inch rows. Okay. You can plant it in, in uh, or you can plant it in 15s. So, so the guy, just, Let's go back, yeah. to, go back to what you were saying before. Yeah. <clears throat> but what I saw everybody doing was with a planter. Yes. And I, so the, the, the benefit, so what, what really got me out of this presentation that Megan did yeah. was she talked about the consistent spacing. Right. And um, what happens uh, if you get, and it's really, and it kind of, if you think about it, not only, where you got poor plant spacing, so you got two canola seeds really close, or if you're in this windrow with all in this old wheat windrow with all this volunteer wheat. But if the if those plants are really close together, it changes their their growth structure, right? They they want to grow taller. They're competing with each other, and they're not putting the growth into the root; they're putting it into the shoot. So, Chad, what are they doing in the west? So it's different. They don't have to work. So, but it's so um, it's that even growth, yeah. and it's that it's that even spacing that gives you that consistent growth and even growth from root to shoot that develops that tap root better to reduce winter heaving. But you didn't answer my question because in so, but in Western Canada, yeah. they don't worry about heaving, right? They plant it in the yeah. spring, they harvest it in the fall. So, but even if you have inconsistency. From from spacing, yeah, isn't that a, a issue for for yield? So you know we we you know you know we oh, go back like corn. Like, work, yeah, so like you go back to all the work uh -huh. that everybody does with the flags now and sure, the talk, sure. you know, yeah. The, yeah, sure, yeah, you uh, you want your crop to come up even, but not necessarily spaced evenly. Yeah, so that's not a big concern. Not as much. So, but so, again, this isn't it's. This spacing with the canola is not about yield. It's it it's about getting oh, really? it's about getting it established with a good strong root so it doesn't heave. Interesting. The lily now and again there's a a little bit of advantage to a lower seeding rate because it's high seed cost and the, and the like the but really it's the the planter giving us this even spacing that's that that's kind of drove. Most of us to the planter. So Chad, what if you drill. have a fifteen-inch planter? You so you, you you drill it, but to me, if you drill in it, then it's even more important to plant it early, right? You gotta. It's you're 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 just adding that heaving that that winter loss risk. Has anybody drilled it in your group of farmers? No, no, and the uh, the. Uh, me trying to think we started out uh steve murphy bought plate sorghum plates for his kenzie planter and he and we were planting a few hundred acres those first year and yeah. he they planted it all um and then the next year cranbrinks got canola discs for their um they have a big center fill planter and then yeah and and they're doing mostly custom work with it right they planted they were on tap the plant i think a thousand acres this summer i don't know how much of, i'm not sure how much of that was their own versus sure custom work yeah so chad but, you're how what, what makes you comfortable though if 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 my brother and derek watches video that what do you feel comfortable that they can go grab the air seeder and go solid seating 
how do you feel comfortable with that if you never well, you know I, so it, it's a balance right it's all it's it's, it's a give and take it's, it's we always make compromises but it, like we we drilled you know 20 years ago that's all we did is right. we, we drilled it right the other thing if uh if you're uh you know let's say you don't have um access to some organic amendments you can do seed place fertilizer like with an air seeder right so and that's how your dad planted it was with an air seeder so um you can put that map and furrow and that's going to help with development of the tap root as well so like there's advantages there's disadvantages there's pros there's cons yeah so okay going back to discripping so i go and discrip it am i hitting it once at the cultivator or am i land leveling what am i doing jack well, it's a small seed. You know, the right. finer the seed bed, the nicer you'll you achieve, okay. right? And you want, and it's a shallow seed, right? It's the small seed, shallow seed. Um, so, you know, a finer seed bed is is is, is what we look to for. Yeah, for. any of you guys use call packers or any kind of busted rooms? Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of land leveling, but there's a, a lot of, lot of one-pass disc rip, two-pass land level. Okay. Um, you know, that's fine if the ground's really flat, any rolling, you're really starting to get into some serious tillage erosion, sure. I think. Um, but in your area, it's really flat, Chad. For you're the most right, part, you know, South Lambton is, is, is really flat. Right. Morris Sager called them the clay plains of Lambton yeah. County. Right. Yeah. Um, where I, where, where, where I am, it, it's rollier though. Right. So right. it's still clay, but it's much rollier. So big issue we ran into Chad is that. On IP soybeans, oh, we have a situation where there's a spray that we use currently. Two. Uh, two sprays. Two sprays. That we use currently. Two herbicides. That, that has a prolonged effect in the soil yep. that will affect the canola. The, the So the two biggest challenges with growing canola is a pretty easy crop to grow. Right. In my mind, the two biggest challenges, one is harvest. It is, it is, a, it is a brute for harvesting. Just because so, it has so to get dry. Let's talk about that for a second. We'll go back to the sprays. Oh, okay. So, so for harvesting, Chad, you know, we combine beans at five, five and a half mile an hour corn. Yeah. You know, what a corn harvester can take, maybe three, maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, can weeds, still. Weeds you, down to three and a half. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, that same combine, what speed is it going with canola, Chad? So, probably in that three to four mile range. Like with canola? Yeah. Yeah. What I hear farmers talking about going like a mile and a half, Chad. So, we had had some lodge canola this year that uh, that that was oh that was that wasn't very friendly yeah so it was lodged because of why chad it, well i did big windstorm big oh, windstorm on that one uh we had some hail on some other stuff so it wouldn't uh, lodge because of just being too good of a plant oh uh, so it was you know we had big crop but typically it's for us it's uh, i haven't seen lodging to be an issue on the clay um okay. uh it it is a big tangled jungle when it get like it's so branchy right it's a big it is a big jungle it's like it i'm sure they hold each other up and so, that, those stems are tough right tough so stems. three three mile an hour will stay yeah. it off okay the, the, and, the challenge and are, so hard that you wreck your knives sometimes chad or not really no you're no. cut they're green they're, oh. they're green when you cut them oh, uh the the biggest challenge with canola is waiting for it to be dry because it's got such a high oil content. Chad, down uh, south, like the very bottom end of Ontario. Yeah. These guys are spraying it, aren't they, Chad? So, okay. yeah, desiccation is pretty pretty consistent in Kent and Essex. Right, and I'll get back to our spray conversation again, but yeah. are those farmers doing double crop soybeans too? Yeah, they're desiccating because they want to double crop. We... We we haven't desiccated in my little circle of canola. Uh, we we haven't desiccated because it doesn't speed up maturity. Yeah. We're a little farther north than than the guys in Essex and Kent. Uh, we're 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 finding that our harvest is kind of overlapping with wheat. <laughs> so the desiccation doesn't speed up the maturity. Yeah. But it does help with dry down, and it's that dry down that is the challenging part. You're sitting waiting there because you can't take it in until it's 10% moisture, right? Because of the high oil content. If it's higher than that, they worry about it going rancid. So why why is it working, Kent? I mean, down in Essex, it doesn't work. For Desiccating? Yes. 
So it's not that it doesn't work. It would work perfectly fine. Yeah. The, the, their driver is to desiccate it to get the beans in in the first, first half of July. Right. Right. We can't get, and, and they have a little later fall, right? We, right. Not much, but just little. The, uh, we, we don't get the, to the crop stage early enough right. to allow for that desiccation to happen. <clears throat> To get that double crop to happen, because right. you got to have, you, you got to have so many like the seed can't once you spray once you desiccate it any green seeds have to stay green. It's like getting an early frost. Right. You can't have you can only have so much green seed in your sample. Um, so we would really be desiccating it more for dry down than double cropping opportunity. So. The dry down, you just weigh it between, well, is it worth the help with the dry down? Because you're going to have a lot of tramp loss. You got the cost of the chemical. You got the cost of spraying. I would really like to see somebody do some work on on the, the shatter loss from that pre-harvest application. Because, again, it's a jungle. And those plants are all, it's not like driving through soybeans or wheat. Right. And what you drive on is what's done. I think you're going <laughs> to... You're going to have a lot of vibration through the canopy and those pods are really susceptible to shatter. So I think, I think there's a fair bit of, I think there's a fair bit of crop loss. So what you're saying, Chad, though, in the day is that you're not, you're not, we haven't found that we can effectively desiccate and still go in and get beans planted in our area. I don't, I, I think, I think it's, I think you're, there's going to be years. I remember back when we grew it 20 years ago, the canola would ripen either side of wheat harvest. Right. And so we're going to have years here where the crop's going to be earlier. People will push to maybe think about a double crop opportunity, just like we do with wheat normally, right? There's years where everybody gets excited about double cropping beans, right? Yeah. But for the most part, we're not a double crop area. If, if you had two combines, Chad, would you put one combine on canola and one on, on wheat? Yeah, well... <laughs> if even if i had one so i i was at the losing end of a of the battle this year because we you know we had a lot of wheat acres wheat was ready before the canola we started combining wheat we had all every intention we had every intention to desiccate the crop this year so that we would be ahead of wheat harvest but that did, it just never got to that maturity and then we got into wheat harvest and it turned wet all right and then things got delayed and delayed and i said we got to go into the canola. No, we're not going to leave the wheat. We're in wheat now. We're going to finish the wheat. And, and, and rightly so in terms of quality concerns, right? So with that wheat, you know, sprouting and test weight weathering. But to me, that was a, you were, your bushels are going to stay the same. You're just going to take a quality discount where in the canola, the longer that's out in the field, once it's ripe, it's you're losing yield, right? From just from shelling. Well, from sh shelling, shattering loss at combining, but also, what do they call it? They call it. There's a what's well, a phantom yield loss. Like oh, yeah. so, when you delay harvest and you know, you go in today and you combine corn and it's 211 bushels. You come back in a week's time and it's 209 and another right. week's right. So. Where those bushels go, it's a phantom loss. Yeah. Got it. So we didn't talk about spray, Chad. Yeah. So what's the sprays that we currently use with IP soybeans that are going to be the issue uh, later on? And what's the sprays and what's the window? How long is it for, Chad? So it's not just, it's all your herbicide use, all right? Okay. So it's the herbicide you use in your wheat. Mm -hmm. It's the herbicide you use in your soybeans. It's the herbicide you use in your corn. All have to be planned to plant canola after wheat so when we look at so the big problem in wheat is infinity or infinity fx those okay. you know so and you got to remember you're you're not going to be a red clover guy with in your wheat if you're growing winter canola right you're not so a product like buttrelam you're you're probably if you're growing wheat without red clover today you're spraying that with either infinity or an infinity fx because you want to control flea bane right? right and but the problem is that there's a group 27 in there that ha has the plant back too long for for canola so you got to go in what chad in the wheat what what spray in the wheat 
Infinity or Infinity FX, right? So you, you can't, and you guys, we've been, we kind of stay with Infinity, but. And so the other spray they use for, with Red Clover, that would work? That would work. But What's so, Bucktrolam. But the problem with Bucktrol, which is just partner in MCPA, mm-hmm. um, is it doesn't do very good on flea vein. It doesn't do very good on wild care. And it doesn't do very good on dandelion. You would more apt to use something like Refine M or Boost M. We've used that. Prominex is another one we've started using the last couple of years. But they're safe herbicides for carryover for wheat. Right. And they still give you, they give you, they control certain, some weeds, not all weeds. It depends. You got to pick your poison, right? Is it flea bane? Is it chickweed? Is it carrot? It, you know, it comes down to that. So but you got to stay. VX could be both, are both issues for. You got to stay out of it. So what, what the length of period of time that you can't use those products before you use canola? I think, I think it might be nine months. Don't nine hold months. me to it. Yeah. Okay. So canola's coming right after it. That's yep. not happening. Yeah. So soybeans, Chad, what are the products we're using soybeans currently that, that are an issue? So, and you got to be, it's not just in conventional soybeans because we're right. using a lot of conventional chemistry right. now in, in, uh, in, in our Roundup Ready system. So uh, metribuzins, so you're the Sencor that, you know, right. you're using Triactor, which is Pursuit, Sencor, and Valterra. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Sencor is a 22-month plant back. You know, Sencor, they're trizines, the same thing as in your corn, right? So you, you, you don't want atrazine in your, you got to be careful about how much atrazine you're using and, and how long between, you know, Darren Robs, I took the, uh, I took the, the, they have a weed short course for uh, Darren Robinson and Peter Sickham out of the Bridgetown. They, right. And I remember, and Darren really knows, he really follows uh, these herbicide rotation restriction because he specializes in vegetables, right? So tomatoes, right. sugar beets, different things. And he says, when it comes to herbicide, what we call persistence, so the, the, the amount it stays in the soil and how long it takes to break down, one plus one isn't two, one plus one is three, oh, right? interesting. So if it, you get this compounding effect, if you start... You know, you might be okay. You might be borderline for months right. on one, but the year before you use another one. That's like you gotta be. You wanna interesting. Err inside uh, of caution. And and we're you're telling me, weren't you, Chad? We have one field that we're growing tomatoes, and that field with tomatoes is an issue too with canola too. So it? there was uh, so, for example, they share crop on tomatoes. Yeah. And uh, so we use a lot of scent corn in tomatoes. And they use a product called uh, Prism, which is the same as Elim. It's a group two herbicide. Yeah. Elim is what we use in corn. But uh, the group twos are really persistent. But you know, at the time, so they had tomatoes, wheat, and then we planted canola. Yeah. And it just slipped. Like you're, you're, you're thinking, well, if you got anything on there, you can grow tomatoes. Surely they can, because tomatoes have really long plant backs on a lot right. of herbicides, right? right? And it just slipped. It just, you know, I forgot all about the Sencor. forgot about the, the prism. Um, you know, so like, like the group twos that we see in soybeans would be Pursuit, Classic. Hmm. Those are troublesome, you know, but at the same time, not all group twos are under the same umbrella. We can use Refine, which is a group two herbicide in wheat, Mm. Um, and plant canola the same year. So you just, you know, Pinnacle's another one we're all right with, but you have to, you, just, you know, those are all easily found, but you just, yeah, if, well, it's, it, when it, you're planting. It's difficult when you're changing something up, Chad, especially yeah. with IP soybeans. Yeah. You know, get the right concoction, that's going to be, that's going to work, right? Yep. Um, so that's the part that I was, I was messed up. You said, I tell, second core, 22 months, Chad. Yeah. So you sit there and you, th- I'm thinking, well, that's not a problem. Yeah, you got two crops. Because we're two crops away. Yeah. Right? And then I, I was like, well, it's from time you spray to the time you plant. Well, yep. so that's going to be slightly shorter. But our sun core is pretty much used at the close to time of planting, right? Well, it's done, you know, you, it goes on pre emerge in your yeah, soybeans. Yeah. So we're talking May. But then I'm thinking, say, so wheat comes on that fall. Yeah. Right? So that's only six or eight months. Yeah. 
plus that next 24, uh, 12 months. So we're 18 months, maybe 20, but we're not yep. definitely not 22 months. Not 22 months. And then you, the other thing that really compounds that makes things a little more complicated is your soil pHs. And not all herbicides... Uh, Act and react with different soils. Yeah, pHs. so I, yeah. you know, certainly when we look at... And you always see, like if you look in one family, so group two chemistries, yeah. right? Classic, very common... Soybean post-emerge herbicide. Well, I use it pre-emerge too, but mostly post. Uh, it's more persistent under high pH soil. So when you get soils in the seven, seven, I think it's over seven four. Yeah. That classic's going to last longer. Pursuit, on the other hand, when you get into acidic soils versus the basic, the the acidic soils make uh, pursuit um, hang around longer. So. Um, you gotta, you gotta, for one, you want to have a good handle on your soil pH Two, You don't want to have, be working with acidic soils and using, uh, um, chemistries that will persist longer, right? Cause that 22 months now might be 48. Um, and we have lost, I know we've lost canola from, from, uh, on low pH soils from pursuit carryover because it goes purple, right? It, 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 come, it emerges, it grows fine. And then it just stalls right out. Chad, I think I'm about to put my uh, brain on ice here. Um, that's that's why we hire you, right? To 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 understand all these well, things, I, all these concoctions. Well, we argue doesn't. about like I think if you're going to grow winter canola, you have to give up on conventional soybeans. You got to go to a, a, a Roundup Ready system. I'm personally going to try to fight that one, Chad. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The, the, so. the, you just you limit your herbicide choices, you know, and if. But Chad, you're the doctor, so we always come to you for what's yeah, the, how to we make have, it work. So instead of having clean fields, we're going to have we're going to have weed escapes. But with the added rotation, Chad. With the added rotation. So we're going to yeah. have better weed suppressant. Yeah, yeah, there is benefits. Yeah, yeah. So, so Chad, with all your knowledge and all your intelligence, do you do you do you do you do, you, as, do farmers come up to you look for for more consulting work, or what do you what do you say when a farmer comes to you and asks for? To consult for them. Well, I'm full. <laughs> you're you're uh, maxed out. Yeah, well, I am. And I'd rather do, I'd rather do less than more. I'd rather do less than more. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. No. Um, so so to 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 bring this together, Chad, I I think you're all about crop rotation, soil health, yep. plant health, um, clean clean fields, and and doing what's best so we don't overuse certain sprays and, and yep. that kind of stuff. Which is awesome, but you quite often, I, I like looking at the numbers because yeah. in the day that's what allows us yeah. to, to live and survive. That's the beauty of canola. Right, and that's the thing that I think you know people are ignoring, I think, large part is how much it is. When I break down the numbers, it, it's, it's $800 net on canola before your rental or your interest. Yeah. Yeah. Interest might be up all of that nowadays. Yeah. Uh, corn, 700 Beans next at 580 And wheat's at 330 Right now we need wheat in the rotation to yep. grow the canola and all that kind of yep. stuff. But if you're a fellow that's that has the three crop rotation or the two crop rotation, which is beans and wheat, yeah, right, and and adding that canola, I mean, you're basically that canola crop, Chad, is has almost the same net as the bean and wheat crop combined. Yeah. No, the it's 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 really a no-brainer in in, in, yeah, my, well, in, my, in my in my little and i keep on trying world. to push this thing even with our own people but yeah. the thing is change chad well i know and you get change a lot of so hard you get people. a lot of people i i come across conversations a lot about people curious about how the winter canals work. yeah yeah and I say, oh no! It feels like me, Chad. Every year, I'm like, how to go again this year, Chad? Well, it was really good. I'm <laughs> like, well, why are we not doing it? Uh, and, uh, the, uh, um, and, and and you just you just say, well, it's been the most profitable enterprise every year they've grown it, right? And, and then in quiet, yeah. yeah. I know, uh, I know, uh, you know, the two things. So, um, like. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I help them. I don't work for them. I just, I, I keep track of them. But they've been, you know, they're in their, I think this, they had their second crop of canola this past season, did extremely well again. Just like the people I work for, every year their canola acres gets bigger and bigger. It as well as their number one, now is their number one profit center. But to think the other thing, the exciting thing about winter canola 
is this opportunity. If we could ever, ever nail down a solid market for barley, following winter canola with winter barley, uh, I think has just huge, um, huge profitability because that winter barley is for sure a double cropper, right? You can double crop winter barley quite handily with soybeans. You put in, now we've gone from growing one winter crop uh, yeah, so to we, three. I, I, want, I want to go to this a little bit further. I don't know if we've got yeah. time, but I want to go a little bit further with this because we're talking about that even with after uh, after corn silage. Yep, winter right? barley after corn silage. So, so Chad, winter barley, I didn't realize this, also can grow, you can grow 150 bushel pretty easily with winter barley. Well, yeah, I think I, you know, when I talk winter barley, I look at a, you know, when we talk like a one and a half ton average for canola, I'm, I'm saying 160 bushel for, for, uh, for barley. It, you can go from 140 to 180 fairly easily. Um, I've, 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 I've seen crops just shy of 200, which is, you know, unbelievable. Right. So, so and you were saying it's about a buck less than the value as far as corn. Is what so price been. price discovery for barley is terrible. Some right. people can sell it for a premium if they find the right market to corn. Other people, it depends where you're at, who your buyer is, what the use is. I think one of the things with winter barley in this rotation, where we go winter wheat, winter canola, winter barley, is you're pretty much stuck in a feed market because you're going to have some carryover of winter wheat in your barley production. So um, it. Dep- you know, some years it will be more than others, but um, so it can't like a malting. It won't work for mul- it won't be pure enough for like a malting type of thing. But mm. some of these new winter barley's are they're talking of malting properties and stuff. And there's more winter barley's coming, as I understand. Um, but so we- you're taking that off if you're gonna if you're gonna harvest it, Chad. You're taking that off. You're saying when was that again? So for grain, it yeah. w- would be the end of end of June, first of July. End of June, first of July. Yeah. All right. Easily make like you know the our in our neck of the woods, they talk July tenth. That's kind of your drop dead date for double cropping beans. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we actually checked that on a first year. We didn't actually. It wasn't a double crop for us once, Chad. But we done it once. And we because the year was extended because the weather was so wet, all that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah, we could definitely see the how how it was the yield was dropping coming into the first like July. a day, it almost yeah. like from the morning. The it was year. crazy. Yeah, you planted yeah. in the morning versus yeah. the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, good, awesome, Chad. Um, I don't think there's anything else about canola, Chad. That's that that's pretty much it. We we we've what's one thing? You guys I think thing? I think you just the other thing for us is is just look at the rotation benefit, right? And uh. Like we talked earlier about the the uh, the research, the long term rotation studies that show the benefit of wheat, but the one that really sticks in my mind is there's a long term. Uh, Ag Canada has a long term re- uh, rotation studies in Harrow and Woodsley. Woodsley mm-hmm. being really heavy clay soil, and it's very clear the 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 higher the incidence of soybeans in your rotation, the lower the yield of all your crops in rotation. So as, you know, in Lambton County, we figure out ways to make excuses to plant beans on beans, right? Right. (laughs) Because this is going the other way. We're trying to, and so we, you know, a farmer today who's grown a solid three crop rotation, which is not the majority of farmers in Ontario, right? If that was the fact, we'd have a lot more wheat growing in the province. But you know, that's, that's the benchmark today, corn, beans. In a, in a commercial, like, we're not all dairy farmers that can grow alfalfa and corn. Sure. Um, the, uh, you know, so the benchmark is corn, beans, wheat. If we go to corn, beans, wheat, canola, we go from a third beans to a quarter beans. If we can go to add winter barley in there, you know, like, that's there's so, soybeans. Soybeans are just, are just, um, they're 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 a they're a good profit center. They're they're they they're low good. They're low risk. Yeah. They set up our wheat that we need. Right. They're better than growing oats before wheat for money. Right. But um, they they are we. One thing I've learned, probably the only thing I've really learned in the last thirty years of of my ag career, is that the more soybeans you grow, the worse your soil is going to be. Right. So that's that's to me. 
is where the canola really shines. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's where you have it. Chad Anderson, the best the best crop consultant <laughs> in Ontario. Chad, I'd actually introduce you at the very beginning. So, so your your background, Chad. You've been doing crop consulting how many years? Ah, I'm. Uh, I've been an independent since uh, 2005. That's when I started working for your dad. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, close to 20 years. Yep. Yeah. Um, I worked in ag retail previous to that. Right. Before I, when I, I came out of school. I, and I think you done a little bit of framing. I heard one time. Yes, I put my I put myself through school <laughs> building houses. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's it. That's from Dirt Grow. That's our podcast today. And it was great to see everybody come out and listen to our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dirt Grow Podcast, where every Tuesday we dish out the dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and check out dirtgrow.com for more content and episodes. I'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao.